from what's on to what matters. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning, only on Newcastle Live. Now, we all love and uh, very much appreciate everything that our emergency services do, but it can sometimes be a very thankless job. There's 400,000 emergency service workers across Australia, 400,000 of them, including 200,000 who are volunteers. But the really scary thing is that statistics indicate that one in 10, one in 10 of 400,000 will experience symptoms of post-traumatic stress related to critical incidents. Now, some of the things that our emergency services personnel see would just stay with you for life and it's not just one incident it will be multiple incidents could you imagine going to fires where families are killed could you imagine going to car crashes and this is their daily job and it's pretty bloody tough it really is and I don't think enough attention is put onto this issue but I have a lovely man joining me on the line now he spent 20 years in the fire brigade before he succumbed to PTSD himself and he started the most incredible organization it's called behind the scene it is Ross Beckley good morning and thanks for your time Ross Hi, good morning Tracy how are you thanks for the intro that's fantastic I'm great, thank you. How are you? Now, tell me your story before we get into behind the scene. You spent 20 years as a fiery. How long did it take before the PTSD really started to show its uh, its head? Uh, I joined in 1993, and then uh, about mid-2000s, I started you know, having a few troubles from some of the jobs I've been to, and then in 2009, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder um, and stayed in the job for another three years, four years. And then finally it was just enough that I had enough and I had to, you know, I couldn't continue to do it as well as put my family through it. Mm. Um, And, you know, you think you're bulletproof, but you're actually not. Um, So we we started behind the scene to teach others to basically don't do what I did and ignore the signs Mm. and symptoms. How many of our uh, of our emergency personnel out, out there are just, uh, you know, doing the typical Aussie thing and just getting on with the job and not really processing what they've seen or what they've been to? How many of them out there are just pushing this underneath the, uh, you know, we know that you just keep pushing and pushing it down, but it eventually has to come up. How many of them out there are doing that? Um, roughly, <laughs> I mean, statistics are, it's hard to c- capture a statistic, but it means you know, someone to actually put their hand up and admit they've got a problem going on. But roughly it's about 35%. So if you say 35% of 400,000, that's a heap of people. It is a heap of um, people, isn't it? Yeah, and, that, and that's some showing signs of incident stress. Mm. And it starts off with just being a bit short-fused and then it, then it can, you know, lead to uh, leaving the house in an outburst and it can be, you know, there can be many facets to it. Um, that, that will show the signs. And often the family, well, not often, but all the time, the families are the first to see the problems. They're, they're the ones that see that, you know, mum or dad, whoever, is losing it and, you know, not, not their normal self. I was going to touch on that for you. And, and, you know, you are very open about this entire situation. How was it for your family? How, uh, how did they handle it? And, and have you managed to keep your family together? Uh, managed to keep the family together and God knows how, mm. um, only because they're, that they are the people that they are and they're fairly strong and they're stuck by me. Um, and, you know, I had violent outbursts. I had, you know, numerous holes in the walls here at home. And I admit it, I'm driving off at speed, disappearing for weeks on end, um, just thinking I was, the, you know, I wasn't the one with the problem everyone else around me was. Mm. Um, and fortunately, I found a psychologist who, who changed my life and basically saved my life. 
What made you finally realize, like what made you go to that psychiatrist or psychologist? What made you actually go, well, I'm going to go and see somebody? Was it was it just continual pounding from your family or did you in the back of your head go, there is an issue here? Um, I got hammered for a while because <laughs> she, she's a counsellor, uh, uh, social worker, mm. and she gave it. And initially, I'll, I'll admit it, that I went along to save face with her and it wasn't my decision really to go. Um, and then when I actually saw a psychologist some two or three years later who just said to me, ah, you know, I know exactly what you're doing. And, and he said, because I've done it myself, I've been in the emergency service, and I thought... Oh, I can't bluff him. Mm. <laughs> like, I can't lie to him. Know, he gets it. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's like, and that's the benefit of behind the scene because of my background. Um, and I can call people out on stuff. And, they, and, I, and I know exactly what the tips and tricks and what people do to, to avoid being detected, so to speak, and having problems. Um, that's why behind the scenes done so you know, extremely well. Because I've said to people, I bet you do this. I bet you go down a road and avoid a certain street because of something that's happened there. Mm. Or I bet you don't go here. Or I bet you don't eat meat on a bone for a particular wow. reason. It's that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's all that stuff that people don't really get it. Mm. Like, you see a white cross on the side of the road and you will drive past that and go, oh, someone's passed away there. That's yeah. tragic. For me personally and, and my colleagues or past colleagues, a white cross is a signif- you know, signifies something pretty pretty hectic's happened there mm. and it would take me back being triggered to that scene you know to the car on the roof with a drunk driver and you know he's killed three passengers that sort of stuff um so i'm not a fan of white crosses at all yeah, I bet. Um, because of that constant reminder and triggers is the biggest thing with the first responders of stuff stuff they've seen and done as well as it can also be brought to, brought in or teleported if you see something that's happened in melbourne you know a two-car accident on the freeway in melbourne mm. is the same as a two-car accident on the freeway at hexham Wow. It's that sort of stuff. Yeah, you know, just that, it just takes you back and it, yeah. it will upset your whole day basically because you sit there and go, Oh, this is just rubbish. I've just been, you know, reminded of what happened mm-hmm. there eight years ago. It mm-hmm. never goes away. No, you know, it, it and our doesn't. military our, our military brothers and sisters are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You know, the stuff they seem to Obviously, I mean, the the big thing is that, you know, one, once you do get the PTSD diagnosis, that's one step, isn't it, Ross? It, it is step number one. But then, you know, you have to be reminded every single day, you know, if you're going through an insurance process or an income protection process, if you're going through that, you just have to relive that over and over and over for the right to get, to get you know, compensation for what has happened in your job. Do you find that a struggle? Do you have to hold people's hands through that process as well? No, 100%. You know, my journey with workers' comp was five years, five long years, as I tell people, um, to have, you know, surveil- covert surveillance done mm. on yourself and your family, to have desktop done on surveillance, which is anything to do with you on the internet to download and used against you. Um, the whole system's designed for you to fail. Mm. It's not there to support you, which is really sad. Um, and, you know, to... to to, to get your information that's been collated on you through, you know, the, the freedom of information laws in Australia, you can find out what's going on behind you, and it's devastating to it, think you're being yeah. treated like a criminal. It's just um, horrible. I mean, that's what you pay the money for. That's what you pay the work cover or you pay income protection for. You know, you, you've got the right to, to pull on this. And and nobody would voluntarily go through that PTSD process. Oh, no one would no. voluntarily do it. <laughs> I wouldn't wish PTSD on the worst no. enemy, you know. It's like, you know um, to wake up in the middle of the night, you know, last night, for example, three o'clock in the morning, I'm wide awake. You know, I got woken up by a sound of a car zooming past my house here. Oh, and it Ross. just rattles you. You know, I live in the flight path of the, heli- of the 
the local hospital here mm. and a helicopter at three in the morning is generally a sign that someone's gone into strike yeah. somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's that sort of stuff. And, and, and that's the problems. And I know I'm out of the job and I've been out of the job mm. for, you know, three or four years now. Um, and it's the same for a lot of us. We just, you never, you're never not an ex-first responder or emergency service worker. I know that um, I have a father who was a Vietnam vet and uh, exactly the same every time a helicopter goes past. He, yeah. he gets triggered, you know, and and that's a war situation. But you guys go to a job every day that is like a war zone. It is you are going into death and destruction, and uh, it's mm. got to take a toll. Oh, it does take a toll. I mean, and it's an accumulative, and it's it's repeated exposure. And you know, you look at the you know the paramedics in Australia that they go from job to job to job. They can start our first job for the shift is a SIDS death mm. followed by a suicide, but there's no time to process it. No. You know, they don't have a chance to go, look, we're just going to have a cup of coffee and a cupcake and sit out and look at the beach. Well, it's not like that for them. No. But, you know, they're just straight into it. Um, fire is a bit different because the job, is, you know, house fire where someone's lost their life or in a car accident, there's about four or five hours um, of investigation to go through it as well. Mm. But you've got that downtime, so to speak, to process. But generally, you you don't go back to the station and go, you know, let's all have psychologists mm. visit. And, but it, yeah, no let's do the Kumbaya. No, nah, no, nah, yeah, you're all around for a cupcake mm. and a cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> Not like that at all. How can we, um, how can we as a society, and uh, and calling on our, obviously our, our federal and our state politicians, what can we do to make this better? How can we better support you guys so that you know it's not going to stop? You're not going to to all of a sudden, you know, the the emergency stop. That's not going to happen. How can we better support you while you're on the job? Um, it's, it's more about understanding, Tracy. It's about, you know, seeing those guys and you see a red and blue light out there, you know they're doing a, a, at times a pretty tough job and it's acknowledging that. Mm. And, going, you know, the, the, our military brothers and sisters get thanks so much for your service. They get that all the time. Um, and we don't. You know, you're an ex-police officer. You go, OK. Mm. And, you, and you've been known through life as, oh, this is, this is Roscoe. He's a firefighter. Oh, well done. But when you're retired, there's nothing. Mm. And there's nothing from the organisation. Like, we we spent over, you know, I spent personally over 20 years training to become a better firefighter, and all of a sudden, it's cut short. Yeah. You know, and then you think, oh, what am I doing now? Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. Um, and it's acknowledging those, you know, it, it's basically setting up a support network for, for past and present um, emergency service personnel. And so being supportive of them. The, I mean, the organisations are trying to do that. Mm. But um, you look at our Facebook post that we recently did with Peter Lewis's cartoon, and some of the comments in there are horrendous. You think, you poor bastard, you know, you just got thrown out. And no one's there to look after you or support you. Um, it, it, it's just horrendous, you know. It, it is something that as Australians we don't do well. You know, we should do it well because that's who we are. But we, yeah. we don't do it, Ross. We don't do it. You know, <laughs> the same as our vets returning. You know, it's uh, as you said. You know, so, some of the Afghanistan guys now. You know, they don't want to march yet because they don't feel like they did what the Vietnam guys did or the one or twos mm. did. The Vietnam guys are the same. They don't want to march because they don't think they did what one and two did. And it's the same with our emergency services. You know, they they the people. PTSD, yeah, that's there, but we haven't gone through war and we haven't done this and we haven't done that. You have. Every no. day you're in a war zone. Well, I mean, you know, I've used the analogy before that the military protect the country and we protect the community. Mm. Um, and it's pretty it's pretty close to the mark. It is. You know, well, you know, the guys and girls over in Afghanistan, we're looking after their loved ones. Mm. Um, and the, but the, 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 the respect for those guys is totally different to what mm. we are. We don't even get a badge to say we're a veteran. 
You know, we don't get any of that sort of stuff. You know, we don't get the, especially medically discharged people, which is the biggest problem, is yeah. they just get cast aside um, and they don't even have any recognition from the organisation about, you know, thanks for your years of service. It's just um, horrendous. It really is. Yeah. Now, obviously, we can donate. Um, I have gone onto uh, onto your behind the scenes yeah. um, website. Obviously, Ross, every uh, every dollar we can give is going to help. Yeah, that all helps us. We send out a lot of stress uh, stress less packs out to organisations, brigades, stations. We send it out for free to emergency mm-hmm. services, um, just to you know make themselves aware of, aware of their stress levels and to maintain them as well as their their colleagues. Um, so, and we're we're self funded. We don't mm. draw from any government grants at all. Yeah, that that that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. Yeah, day, my there's friend. another discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, congratulations on behind the scene. It is just incredible. Um, I'm sorry that you've had to go through this to to create this incredible organisation, but I'm sure that there are so many emergency service personnel out there who just bless the day that you did you did start this uh, this group. And uh, tell us where can we go to to find out more information about the organisation and uh, and how can we support you. Uh, we've got a Facebook page, um, facebook.com forward slash Behind the Scene Australia. And as well, we've got a website, behindthescene.com.au. Um, so you'll find us at either of those locations. Fantastic. Look, congratulations. As I said, it is just incredible. It uh, it certainly deserves all of our support. Um, stay safe out there, won't you? And, uh, and sending all our love. I will. And uh, next week, I'll pick up my OAM from the Governor. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> that is wonderful. So, obviously, what I'm doing, um, someone's noticed that I do not know who nominated me, yeah. but um, I thank them, and it's good. And basically, I look at the OAM that I'm getting is for the people that can't speak up. Absolutely. Are you getting yours on Wednesday by any chance? Uh, the 19th, whatever that is. <laughs> Michael Blacksland is getting uh, my news director, Michael Blacksland, and producer. He's getting his on Wednesday. So, two very worthy recipients. But uh, yeah, look, as, as you say, um, yours yours will be for all of those who can't speak. And uh, can, thank you for speaking. Speak warm for me. I'll, I'll um, carry the tradition of the <laughs> of the coaches. Sounds good, my friend. Sounds good. You stay thank safe, you, and we'll chat very soon. All right. Cheers. Thank Thanks you. Bye bye. That is uh, the incredible, it is just an amazing story. It is Ross Beckley and behind the scene is S-E-E-N. Please go and have a look at the website. Go and have a look at the Facebook page. Yeah, we do a lot of fundraising. We support a lot of people, but uh, there is a huge amount of our community who has been forgotten, and it is our emergency service personnel, and they do basically live in a war zone every single day. And uh, congratulations to Ross and his organisation for uh, for getting behind the scenes started. Well done. Well, well done. Newcastle in the morning covers the big stories that matter the most to you. The local issues often neglected. Tracy Mack's plain talking, no nonsense approach will get your morning off right. Talking news, sport, entertainment, music, lifestyle, and more. Joined by Michael Blacksland and covering what you need to know and even some of the stuff you didn't. It's Tracy Mack with Newcastle in the morning. Weekdays from 9 to midday, only on Newcastle Live.